The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. The intro has st- stolen your thunder. It's already yeah. done the hair, yo. It's a case I forget. <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't forget. I never forget. I just sometimes get sidetracked and have to like, you know, chuck it in later, don't I? You do. You do. <laughs> it's Tuesday magazine. This is a bit weird, isn't it? I know. Tuesday, CW Tuesday. There we go. <laughs> We've been usurped back. Ruff's dog show. That's what it is. Wow. Well, yeah. Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, that's it. New Year's Day yesterday. So, Happy New Year, Maxi, first of all. Happy New Year, yeah, CWF. Happy New Year to one and all. Yeah, there we go. We had The Volley live yesterday here on SJP World Media, looking at Liverpool, Newcastle. I, I jumped on there for a bit, Maxi. I, I, did, did 20, you know? 25 minutes. Yeah, it was good. It was good. They were talking a lot of United and issues at the club and all that. And I was in the chat anyway. And I, I, I sort of just said to them, oh, I'll, I'll jump on, boys, if you're talking United, because it's and a lot easier to do that. World straight. Well, I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I spent a lot of my time slagging off Martial. I remember that. I mean, because it's all his fault. No, that's not all his fault. He's just fucking useless, right. isn't he? <laughs> 90% of his fault. You know, I'm 40. Well, very close to being 43. I've got two knackered knees, a knackered back, and I'm incredibly overweight. And I reckon I could run more in a Premier League match than Anthony Martial does. Yeah. I, I I watched his debut when I was on holiday in Turkey. The very yeah. same holiday where I basically destroyed my knee at a water park. And right. he scored. He scored, didn't he, on his debut against Liverpool. Yeah. And it, it, it just looked like he had so much promise. Like maybe the was it eighteen million they paid uh, Monaco um, at the at the time. It was a uh, ridiculous amount. Where, it was like fifty. It was just shy of sixty, wasn't it? It was like fifty-seven, yeah. fifty-eight but, million. Uh, but I think yeah. they had like some ridiculous add-on fees and, and yeah. release clauses and things like that. So it's very unlikely they would ever make that money back. So there was a lot of weight on Martial's shoulders, and that first game, I thought this guy's got it, uh, and yeah. then he. It just, it just never, it never got better than that. Really, no. he had moments. Um, yeah. he, he's a good finisher. Let's be honest, he, he's pretty calm in front of goal. He, he's got a bit of ability, but it's just, just try harder, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. just like you know, his attitude. So he is the epitome of everything that's wrong with the Manchester United players and squad at the moment with regards to attitude and application and effort. But. Well, this, uh, yeah, there we go. This is not a football podcast. This is, believe it or not, a wrestling podcast. Very, you know, very loosely stated as being a wrestling podcast. Very <laughs> yeah, loosely stated, indeed. Oh, but there we go. Magsy, New Year, 
new start, new intro. I'm looking forward to this. I've, I've missed, I've missed not seeing your little beautiful Brian Burnley face. Same old pillocks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it has literally. It's been less than two weeks since mm. you've seen my cherubic Burnley face. Cherubic. <laughs> aren't, aren't cherubs like the little angels? Yeah. And yeah. There you go. So if the cap fits, wear it. Right. Okay. Speaking of caps, actually, you're telling me mm-hmm. a story about the cap you're wearing right now, aren't you? Yeah. So uh, straight away, as soon as uh, as I come into the the green room, your first comment was, "Got a new cap?" And I said, <laughs> "No, I haven't. I'm wearing this cap in honour of the match that we'll be covering later on today. So this is a a biscuit party." Pat, for anyone who, uh, who's watching on the live, um, and basically it was a giveaway from a company called Cracker Barrel. Um, Connor will probably know, being our American contingent, uh, that Cracker Barrel is kind of like a restaurant in the States, and they were heavily involved with the Elite and uh, helped promote uh, All In. I think they were one of the match, uh, match sponsors as well, and they did a giveaway of a 1,000 caps to uh, Cracker Barrel Um patrons i suppose people who visited cracker barrel so i emailed in and said i had visited cracker barrel and they sent me over this over the the pond they sent me a a biscuit party hat i have never yet nor do i intend to go to a cracker barrel we don't have cracker barrel in the uk and i certainly haven't visited one in the state so i basically wearing a a stolen hat in honor of it all in there could be a, a little kid, five, six years old, loves the Bucks, <laughs> Odie and Nicaldis, desperate for his crack barrel hat. This to that little kid. Fuck you. Oh, weird. I'm glad to see that we've not changed. It, you know, we've gone from one year to another. Same old pillars. Yeah, there we go. There we go. On that note, Maxi, we should probably start the show. Wrestling has more than one royal family. For the first time in 2024. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media production. Episode 142, Magsy, if I'm counting this up correctly. 110 live. Oh, I think mm. that's that's accurate. Yes. So we're fast approaching episode 150. Should we do something special for that? Nah, fuck these lot. Nah. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> I am Sai, and with me as always is the all-in, to my not very thin, 
the 10 pounds of gold to my 42 years of being very old a podcaster i haven't seen since last year Ooh, dad jokes oh, the podfather himself goodness. lord max how are we doing my friend can you leave your comedy in the 1980s please yeah i'm, I'm doing doing really well i uh, had a uh, a nice relaxing christmas uh, itching to get back into uh, recording. I know we said over the, the, the episode just before Christmas that we were uh, potentially going to do something uh, in between that, that gap of Christmas and the New Year, so I'm glad we we uh, came together and, and pulled it out because I could not have gone till the 8th without seeing you again. So, yeah, glad to be back in the saddle. Yeah, all of y'all, all the CWF. Did you just say all of y'all? As in, like, y'all, y'all. I'm wearing that CPN, I'm waiting for my um, Make America Great Again one to turn up. Then I'll be proper oh, American. Dear me. Dear me. <laughs> Shall we see who has joined us in the chat, Magsy, before we get on with today's show? Yes, we shall. So, Dan Griffin, uh, very. Very confused, Dan Griffin says. It's not Monday. None of us know what the fuck is going on. Happy New Year, CWF. And then he pissed off to go and watch the darts, which I don't blame oh. him because it, the the 16-year-old lad has been absolutely kicking arse in the in the darts uh, this year. So, yeah, is he called Liam L- L- Littler or something like that? Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, Sharon, the first lady of the CWF and uh, uh, SJP World Media Network, says it's Tuesday night. None of us really know what that means. <laughs> it's Tuesday, CW Tuesday. That's what it is. We, we're bringing you a special edition because we didn't want to leave you without. Uh, King Pig's Planet, again, thanks uh, to, to him for the amazing artwork. Time and again, he just pulls it out of the bag and provides he us does. with... With, with great quality graphics, so we'll always be appreciative of that. He says, Happy New Year. And then Man United are still shit. I mean, they are. Never, never have two <laughs> statements been so true. Mm. Um, Connor, again, our American contingent, says, Hello, Simon Mags. Found the got a fucking job in three. No, swearing at your age. Connor, come on. Let's we'll have less of that. I know. At the place I applied two months ago, set for next Friday. Good start to the year, but got locked out of my football Twitter account. F Elon. Well, Elon Why? is a tougher. Why? What have you done? Mm. Yeah. What have you done? Uh, knowing Elon, he's quite a rational human being. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Clearly done something to break the rules there, Connor. So he's probably maybe... given you several chances as well. <laughs> so maybe you should think about your actions. Mm. Let us know, Connor. He also says that Arsenal shit again, uh, lads, just like we were to end every year. Well, it's your own fault for supporting the Gunners, I suppose. And then we get King's Pig Bladder saying, hey, Connor, with a C, and correcting himself with a K. Uh, Connor says he's never had Cracker Barrel, but he's heard their chicken and dumplings are some of the best around. I mean, that's worth a trip to the States a lot, isn't it? Chicken and dumplings. Yeah. Is that a normal thing, having dumplings with chicken? I mean, I suppose if you're having chicken broth. I, I don't know if I'd recommend, like, a chicken breast and then a dumpling, a dry, yeah. bored dumpling sat on its own. I've mean, I I, I, I got no, nothing to, you know, compare it to. I'm gen- that's a genuine question. I wasn't trying to take the piss. We don't know that dumplings are the same here as they are in the states because how many things are different pigs in blankets are different biscuits are different 
scones are different. So I think we, I think what you get out there, Maxie, by saying different isn't quite accurate. What you mean is wrong. Wrong, yes. I meant yes, wrong. We have it right. Yeah. <laughs> we absolutely do. Um, Cam Griffin, hello, sir. How are you? He says, hey, you're CWF. Um, and then Connor says he logged out to try and get rid of ghost notifications, and now it won't let me log in because I've had too many login attempts. Can you not get like a password reset thing emailed to you? That sounds like a mistake on your part as opposed yeah. to anyone else's. If I'm because it honest. says that there you've had too many login attempts, so you attempted to log in again and again and again. So I think you may need to apologize to Elon mm. Musk. We want a public apology to Mr. <laughs> Musk, please. You can from type it here and we will Twitter read account. it. Yeah, and we will read it out on Chain Wrestling for your behalf. Because obviously, we'll you know, tag old, him in it. old Elon, he, he watches every week, I imagine. Uh, Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Elon. Um, Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've got uh, something slightly different, I suppose, haven't we, when it comes to how we have been starting the show in the past with regards to Hall of Hall of Lame for a long time and Hall of Fame for a little period of time. We've decided okay. that we're going to go one of each, not both of us. I'm doing one, you're doing the other, which could be quite interesting. Before we get on with that, is there anything else you want to bring up? Yes. Pimple! Pimple alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. I need to just get Connor's comment off the screen. Yes, I have got a... Um, a, a pimple dick for this week. We haven't had one for for a while. Um, and if there's one thing I've learned from thirty plus years of being a wrestling fan, is never look to your favorite wrestlers as being honourable or heroes or not knobheads, mm. because they are going to be knobheads. So um, over the Christmas period. One of my favorite wrestlers, now, uh, as people, not so much, but as a wrestler, he's one of my favorites. Oh, Chris Jericho had a fun whale of a time, didn't he? So, so he started on Christmas Eve. His own website, Webby's Jericho, posted uh, an article about um, NDAs regarding the, the brawl at All In. Now, uh, the article said, Sam Punk and Air Steel's lawyer, who is a guy called Stephen P. New, um, you may have heard him be promoted on Jim Cornette's uh, podcasts. PN News? No, he's called Stephen P. New. Okay. For the purpose he, of this conversation, I'm going to pretend his lawyer is PN News. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said that... Um, there was only one person involved uh, in that, that brawl and the witnesses that hadn't had an NDA, which is obviously a non-disclosure agreement. And that was A. Steele's wife. I think she said she, he said she was called Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So over the Christmas period, you get in a little bit merry. Uh, it's the season of goodwill. If you were Chris Jericho, would you A, Leave it because it's not really, it's a non-story or be dipping and be a knobhead. Mm, well, I know Jericho, how Jericho went. So. Jericho chipped in and he he was a knobhead. He said that he didn't sign an NDA. 
Um, so then Stephen P. New, being a lawyer, fired back and said, it's in your employee handbook. Unless you had a special one, you can figure it out. We can figure it out. To which Jericho said, I don't adhere to an employee handbook and I've never had one in the four years of working with AEW. I have also never signed an NDA in my life ever. Stop trying to be a bully and making egotistical fantasy brags for your clients and start doing some research before making blank statements about your buddies because I saw everything that night, including how Lucy and her husband acted and what really went down. And since I was in the room and watching her and everybody else the whole time, I know exactly what really happened. And considering you weren't there and I was, maybe you should shut your mark ass up because what went down was disgusting. Okay. <laughs> so um, a journalist called Nick Hausman, who uh, he's, um, I think he's, his website's called the House House of Wrestling. He chirped in and said, but what about the NDAs that you have made other people sign? Yes. Which, uh, which goes off onto another topic, but let's clear up the handbook thing first. Um, Stephen P. knew. Uh, like I said, he's uh, he's heavily involved with Jim Cornette, and Jim Cornette has a co-host on his uh, on his shows called The Great Brian Last, mm-hmm. and The Great Brian Last has uh, one of these copies of the AW Handbook, and he uh, pointed out many uh, parts where it, it it talks about non-disclosure and about sexual harassment and about how um, AW is meant to be a safe space. So, uh, Brian last made Chris Jericho look like an absolute tool. Uh-huh. Nick Hausman went a little bit further because he mentioned the comment about what about the NDAs you made other people sign, and he then went on his podcast and elaborated a little bit more, um, talking about how there is a several female wrestlers who have been made to feel incredibly uncomfortable in Jericho's presence. Um, and because of this, few um, tweets and uh, comments and allegations came back up from a, a few years ago from around the Me Too, um, um, the, the Me Too era where a lot of wrestlers were being outed, including one from the, the person who uh, outed David Starr. Yeah, um, the original she, accuser, wasn't it? Yeah, she, basically yeah. The, what started the ball rolling. Yes, um, she yes. commented that um, it's about time that we talk about what what happened with Chris Jericho. Uh, and then it was mentioned about these end, NDAs coming back up again and a certain AW, a former AW wrestler who uh, was allegedly made to sign an NDA, one Carly Ray, smiling Carly. Um, if you remember her, she was a she was quite an early signing to AW, but ended up leaving after a little while. Um, and and basically, nothing was really made of it at the time. And it turns out, or it is alleged that uh, mm, Chris yes, Jericho invited her back to his dressing room, and she was under the assumption that it would be like a, a almost like a bit of a party. There'll be lots of people there. And it was it wasn't, it was just him and he uh he made um several passes at her and she felt incredibly uncomfortable uh and that led to her uh, basically leaving the company. And Chris Jericho 
has allegedly uh, made her sign an NDA, so so no allegations come out. Now, again, we we don't. That's uh, under under an NDA allegedly, so we don't have a confirmation of that. Apart from um, Carly Ray liking and retweeting some of the tweets that mentioned that Chris Jericho uh, has these dark clouds of allegations over him. And then as a Brucey bonus, as so Chris Jericho is, is certainly the pimple dick, but as a Brucey bonus in this, we recently had World's End. And Tony Khan knew that these oh. these uh, questions were going to come up in the, in the post-pay-per-view scrum. And whilst he, he he basically deflected the answers, he was asked if he would categorically say that Jericho um, hasn't um, um, sexually assaulted anyone or hasn't um, had any NDAs. He he would not deny that uh, that that had happened. He basically just deflected the questions, and he his his comments about AEW being a safe space in wrestling. And if you mm-hmm. look at the track record of AW, it is one of the safest companies around. Um, a safe company when Matt Hardy nearly killed himself coming off a, a ladder. John Moxley farts uh, multiple times with concussions and bleeds a lot. Daniel Bryan has been injured multiple times and carries on. Jungle Jack Perry and, and Sam Punk had a fart. And he went through proper glass on purpose just to uh, just to have a dig at uh, CM Punk. And Tony Khan himself said he feared for his laugh when CM Punk was kicking off. You dumb motherfucker! For a, a company that's very safe, there's a lot of incidents there. And then the kicker of it is the guy was he did this whole this whole rhetoric whilst wearing Tony Storm's bearskin hat and a massive pair of oversized sunglasses, looking like <laughs> an absolute clown. So, what an idiot. Two pimple dicks this week. Chris Jericho, the the, the touchy-feely nonce. Oh, dear, dear, dear. And Tony Khan, <laughs> the, the corked-up pillock. Oh, dear me. Um, I think it is very important to uh, make sure we are stating that this is all hearsay, internet discussions, and so on. There is also the saying, of course, there's no smoke about fire. But I, have to, I think you have to be incredibly difficult. Uh, you have to be sorry, incredibly careful when dealing with that scenario, because that's not always the case. And it's very easy for you know, people to sort of snowball situations, and it can ruin people's careers, lives, uh, and so on. I think it's also important to mention that other people who used to work for AEW and have since left the company have also said that Kylie Ray at that time had a... Again, these are not my words. These are the, the words of people who, who have quote, been quoted online and, and talking at that time. She had um, some mental health issues, um, some personality issues, some mood swing issues. I'm not going to put a tag or a label on it because it's not my place. But And she also had... Uh, some, uh, I believe it was alcohol as opposed to what the wrestling term is substance issues. I believe it was more alcohol issues as well. So there's that to take into effect of what potentially could have happened in this scenario. Also, it's we've got to be incredibly careful with how we talk about these sorts of things. 
Yeah. But at the same time, and again, I'm not going to dive into anything now because we're live on a, on a YouTube uh, show for, for, for the network. This podcast will come out as well in a, in a day or two, potentially even tonight, maybe tomorrow morning. So I, I'm not going to say anything here that could potentially get any of us in trouble. Not that we were a big enough deal to make any ripples, but you never know how these things work. There's stories about Jericho that you hear. And again, it's hearsay. You hit somebody, tell somebody, tell somebody from when Fozzie were touring this country. And they were playing small clubs and one of them being a place in Cheltenham, not far from me. And I know people who are in the building. And again, these are just, what these are just stories. There's no proof as the accusations were made, nothing, you know, but sometimes when there's these little bits here and there, you sort of start thinking, okay, what's going on here. And again, all allegedly, all allegedly it is what it is, you know, incredibly difficult scenario, but with regards to Tony Khan, that was just ridiculous. The guy is not a wrestling promoter. The guy is a wrestling fan cosplaying as a wrestling promoter. Mm, money Mark, Maxi. Money Mark. Yeah, he is. He is. He absolutely is. Yes. Ridiculous. Indeed. But there we go. A lot's going on. Uh, hey, it wouldn't be the wrestling business if you didn't have some sort of ridiculous drama, would it? Yeah, or nonsense. Yeah, mm. I'll tell you what's very good actually. If, if people are interested in a little bit more of that information, you mentioned there Brian Last and Jim Cornette and so on. And Cornette's podcasts go four or five hours sometimes, so it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what you want. But Brian Last, his co-host, cut them up into little YouTube videos about certain and specific they, topics. They, they animate them as well now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So if you go to YouTube and go to Jim Cornette's channel, whether either the Corny's Drive Through or the, the Jim Cornette Experience, two different shows yeah. he does. There is what a video there. That's about 35 minutes long. I, Funnily enough, Maxie, I listened to it in the early hours of this morning um, when I was mocking up the new intro. And Brian Last talks about the AEW handbook that Jericho denies existing. I've seen pictures of it online, as I'm sure many mm-hmm. other people have. Cornette talks about knowing people who were at all in or all out or whatever it was the event where there was the fight and so on and he's also taught i think he talks about having conversations with jericho but i'm not sure on that so don't you know I'm not, i'll have to go back and listen but jericho saying i was in the room that night no he wasn't he was he was he was out <coughs> he was in the media scrum and then he left yeah. and he came to back to tony khan and said there is trouble going on yeah and he took over the <coughs> he took over the media scrum again so yeah it's uh yeah. he wasn't in the room so it, it, he's, he's there saying, I didn't sign an NDA because you had nothing to sign because you weren't there, Chris. Yeah. But I feel that Jericho, I get the impression that he will always go to bat for the guy who's paying him and maybe not necessarily come out with. Yeah. But th- that's just my own personal beliefs and, you know, is what it is. And yeah. I, I say that we don't make enough ripples for us to really get noticed when we talk about these sort of things. But just on the off chance we do, Jericho, if you don't like it, fuck you. Huh, there you go. The moral of the story is wrestlers are pillocks. Exactly. The time. exactly. Shall we scan through the chat, Mr. Mags, before we get on with something a little bit more positive and then something a little bit more negative? We we shall so this one will go straight away. I'm, I'm not happy about this one. Uh Sa, my eldest says she likes you the best. Sorry, Mags. I mean Oh, thank you very much. I, I can understand I like why Sa is lovable. Whereas I am horrific, so that's fair. You are the great you um, one of the two, aren't you? And I swear a lot as well. 
You do swear a lot. And I would say it's not even half eight yet, and there are young children watching. Perhaps yeah. we should avoid that. I'm still running off nine o'clock time. So Brilliant. Apologies. Apologies to any <laughs> young ones watching. Um, Connor says, wrestlers being shit humans go together like sauce and shredded cheese on hot dogs. Sh- shred. Grated cheese. It's like that- great grated, isn't it? Yeah, Connor, you just you you trigger me. You're going to be next week's pimple dick if you keep coming out with stuff like that. King <laughs> uh, says, uh, "Still no confirmation or any proof with the the mm-hmm. the Jericho yep. sexual assault uh, allegation." Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so be very careful um, that. And that's why I said allegedly a lot. But mm. Connor says, "Wasn't there harassment allegations to Jericho too?" Yeah, um, we touched that. Yeah. Kind of what we we've covered. And then he says, "Isn't an NDA sort of a lawyer term for no talking about this subject?" Yeah, pretty much non-disclosure yeah. Yeah. agreement. It's where all parties um, sign a document saying that they will not talk about certain subjects. Um, and so basically, Sharon's, uh, Sharon's just confirmed it. There, he says, "In uh, yeah. non-disclosure agreement, media is not allowed to legally talk about it." Connor says, if any of this becomes true, I don't see AW lasting much longer. I think with AW, a lot of the gloss of it being the new thing has worn off. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that they've become almost as sports entertainment as the the company they were they were tra- they were rebelling against. Yes, it, it feels like they're not the the indie darling company that. They used to be, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, King's Big Vanna said that hat suited Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he looked, he looked like a proper dickhead, didn't he? Mm-hmm. With the big indoor sunglasses, and then he's trying to be serious, like a, a very, a very deep question, and he's there giving a a, a deflective answer. But he's got a fucking stupid bearskin hat on and, and sunglasses. He looks like a prick. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Sharon doubling down saying allegedly. Yes, absolutely allegedly. I mean, 100%. I was not in the room in, with any of these uh, situations. I'm just calling him a pimple dick if any of it was true or just being in that situation. I mean, my issue was the fact that he couldn't even leave leave this situation to die over Christmas. If he didn't comment, none of this would have happened. And he commented to a post from the person who runs his, his own website. Yeah. And he couldn't leave it. So he he brought this storm on himself by not being able to just shut the fuck up. Idiot. Um, Connor (laughs) says, I saw Instagram pics of the press conference and Tony Khan just made him look like a clown. I mean, he makes himself look like a clown. Um, uh, King Pigweather says, look after the hand that feeds you. Exactly. It, it does make sense. And uh, an NDA normally involves a big cash incentive. Well, yeah. anyone's got any NDAs you want to throw my way? I'll sign them. <laughs> all about the money, Mags. All about the money. Exactly. Uh, where do you want to go next, my friend? Where do you want to go next? Something positive or something maybe not so much? Well, I mean, we always go with me. So I suppose I should go first. And since we're on a a negativity route, let's keep on going down that road. (laughs) The Hall 
<sighs> so, uh, what you got for us, Mags? This week is a doozy. So, strap in, folks. Um, New Year, New Year's resolutions, um, the time to turn over a new leaf um, and reinvent yourself, I suppose. Now, you go back 24 years till the turn of the millennium, and there was a certain wrestling company that was doing its best to, to turn over a new leaf, maybe perhaps gain back the 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 fans and the, um, the love that they'd lost over the, the past 18 months or so. And that company was WCW. Ah, <laughs> brilliant. So what I want to look at is the amount of title changes WCW had in the year 2000. Oh, no. So let's go. I'm going to go put the cat along because this is going to take a while, isn't it? <laughs> it, it definitely. So we start in January, obviously. January, um, we have Bret Hart as the champion. Um, we get to January the 16th. The, the title is vacated because obviously Bret Hart got, got injured. Then Chris Benoit won the title. It was then vacated the very next day because Benoit left the company. Yeah, they put the belt on him, and he left the next day. They knew he was going. Yeah. The, the belt was literally to try and bribe him to stay. Um, then the belt was was left vacant for a full week. Did Vicious then won the title, and then dropped it the very next day when he was stripped by uh, Commissioner Kevin Nash, who awarded himself the title that very same day. And then lost it that very same day to Sid. Sid Vicious. He held on to the title for 76 days before it was then vacated on the 10th of April because all of the titles were vacated when we had the, the rebrand. Yeah, the big restart thing, wasn't it, with Bischoff and Russo, yeah. So the, the first uh, WCW champion after that was six days later at Spring Stampede. It was Jeff Jarrett. He had the title eight days before he <laughs> dropped it to Diamond Dallas Page, who had the title one day before dropping it to David Arquette, who kept hold of the title for 12 days before dropping it to Jeff Jarrett, who kept hold of the title for eight days, who then dropped it to Ric Flair. Ric Flair had it a week, and then it was taken off him by Vince Russo. Jeff Jarrett then won the belt on that very same day before dropping it the next day to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash held on to it till the very next Nitro, six days later, lost it to Ric Flair, who lost it that same day to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett kept hold of it for over a month, 41 days, before dropping it to Booker T., uh, that was the infamous bash at the beach where yes. Hogan was sick of the bullshit, and that's why this company is going down the the, the crapper. He kept <laughs> Booker kept hold of it for fifty days, then dropped it to Kevin Nash, who had it for twenty days, then dropped it back to Booker T for an eight day run. When Vince Russo won the title, he kept hold of it for a week. Decided he didn't want to be a wrestler vacated the title which was won on the 2nd of October by 
Booker T. Again, he kept on it for quite a while, 55 days, before finally dropping it in November uh, to Scott Stan, who, who held on to that title for love and money all the way through till 2001. So that's a lot of title changes. And I've got um, a, a few little factoids about it. So in the year 2000, there were 21 title reigns. Why? Six vacated titles. Why? The longest reign was Sid Vicious, 76 days. The shortest reign was tied by Kevin Nash and Ric Flair, who were both awarded the title, and they were both awarded the title by Kevin Nash, by the way, as, as commissioner, and then lost the title on the same show. There were 13 title reigns that were under 10 days. From April the 10th to May the 29th, no wrestler held the title for more than two weeks. And Jeff Jarrett had the championship on four separate occasions. Why? Well, like I said, was vacated six times. Um, if you add up the days that it was vacated, that was 13 days. Um, and the year 2000 was a leap year, so that uh, leaves 353 days that were available for, for people to be champion. Divide that by the 21 holders of the title means the average title reign in the year 2000 as WCW world champion was 16.8 days. Bloody hell. So my entry for the Hall of Lake oh. is the world title scene in WCW in the year 2000. I mean, AEW pay-per-view just gone. Uh, MJF was the longest reigning, although the company's only been around a few years, but longest reigning champion uh, they've had. He's held the title over a year and so on. Him dropping the belt to Samoa Joe, that felt like a big deal because <laughs> you've not seen the title change for so long. And, and the same goes for Roman Reigns. He's held that title for so long. When he, when he finally drops that championship, it's going to be a big deal. I'm not saying that long title reigns always have to be the way. You can chop and change or hot potato, I suppose is the term, isn't it? A, a, a championship. If it makes sense, I mean, you go back to H Hogan's first title win. They were desperate to get the belt onto Hulk Hogan. He was going to be the big, the big draw, the big star. He came from the AWA, all this hype and so on. He was not going to beat Bob Backlund, so they had to put it on the Iron Sheik for a few weeks in between to mm -hmm. enable that to happen. That made sense, but all of that in WCW, that's just that. There's no plan there. There was no, no plan, was there? They didn't know what no. they were going to do from week to week, and it's just unbelievable the amount of money that was flying around that company. How can that operate that way? Exactly. I mean, and you can even compare it with uh, WWF at the heart of the Attitude Era. There was a, a lot of short reigns in that time. I think there's a mm -hmm. there's a stat where Stone Cold Steve Austin had the longest reign he had as champion was that 50-odd days. Yeah. But that worked because there were so many top guys who could be, be the champion, and it looked legitimate. This... This was just ridiculous booking for ridiculous booking. So it's, this was people who had no clue how to book. Yeah. I mean, if a wrestler is a champion four times in less than six weeks, the book there is something wrong there with the booking. Um, and you should have just left that, it on our cat, mate. <laughs> the fact that there was 21 
title changes or 27 if you include all the vacations is in in a year is ridiculous it's mm. absolutely ridiculous um there's going to be a part two to this one um Ooh. about wcw in the 2000s but we okay. we will get there in an, another time that's for another show Okie doke. Well, that is your entrance into the Chain Wrestling Hall of Lame this week. Magsy, I want to put something into the Hall of Fame this week, please. If you press your little button. Random chicken. Okay. It always makes me giggle. (laughs) This entrance into the Hall of Fame, the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame, I I wanted to put in basically the very first time we did the Hall of Fame segment. I put it on. You've said that three or four times, to be fair. No, no, no. A lot of things I want to put in straight away. But this, I purposely put off to this week. Because, well, not necessarily this week specifically, but I wanted to do it in the first show of this new calendar year. Because 2024 marks the 50th year in the professional wrestling business for somebody who I'm a massive fan of and somebody who has been hugely influential on screen and off. Sorry? Manta. In, fuck Manta. I'll, t- I'll <laughs> tell you what, actually, you're going to start me off now, right? I appreciate some people may not understand uh, everything that goes on, and I appreciate some people may not, um, uh, that they mean well. But there's so many wrestling pages on Facebook that are ran by wrestlers we've lost this year, and you've got images of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, and it's such a shame, and all this sort of stuff. And then fucking Mantars on the same pi- on the same picture. Fuck that dude. You know? He's Homophobic, okay. transphobic piece of shit. Fuck him. Anyway. This is supposed to be a positive segment, Magsy. Don't trigger me, please. <laughs> it's not Barry Windham. It's not Barry Windham. <laughs> no, I, I don't think Barry Stark. was on the list of like, dead wrestlers. Whoa. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> no. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, this individual has been hugely important to so many different wrestling companies and different eras of professional wrestling. Um, Hugely important behind the scenes in the old Mid-South territory. Uh, Started there in 1974. When it was called something else, Tri-State, I believe, and before Bill Watts bought it and turned it into Mid-South a year or two later or whatever. Uh, This guy has refereed, started his career as a referee. He's also worked behind the scenes in talent relations, recruitment, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, So many wrestlers that you saw in the actual era, this guy signed for the WWE. That class of OVW, and there's a particular class that was that Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, uh, John C. This guy signed all of those guys. Batista, yeah. This guy signed all of them. And then add to that as well there's the occasion where new japan were trying to break out into the english speaking audience a bit more um shall we say openly freely with their streaming service this guy was one of the first english voices on uh new japan a new japan product on access tv in the states and so on huge stepping stone for new japan there for where you know and, and again that obviously leads to AEW, and this guy was a big part of the start of AEW. so much behind the scenes that we that that you know, probably doesn't get the recognition for in his career, but on screen is where people are remember this guy 
and remember him forever. And this guy was the soundtrack of my wrestling fandom ever since I was a child. I'm talking about good old JR, Jim Ross. 50 years in the wrestling business this year. That, first of all, is incredible. But you look at all the different roles he has fulfilled, all the different uh, companies he has worked for, and other scenarios as well. The time in London when he was um, uh, going to be calling Capital Carnage for WWF pay-per-view, and he found out that day, I think it was his mother had passed away, and the stress triggered another attack of the, the Ball's palsy oh. that he suffers from. He still went out and caught the show. Little things like that, incredible. Um, we speak about great moments in professional wrestling, iconic moments in professional wrestling. Hogan's first title win was a big moment. Um, you, you see stuff with Roman Reigns now. The Rock turning up on Monday Night Raw last night is going to get replayed over and over again. Punk turning up in AEW. Um, uh, the first, uh, was it the first Rampage magazine? It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, all these, you know, the TLC matches, all these historic moments throughout the years. You know, Vince McMahon's iconic call of the boyhood dreams come true with Shawn Michaels and so on. All these iconic moments in professional wrestling. So many of them, not all, but so many of them have this man's voice attached to them. Now imagine Austin, the Stone Cold character, winning his first title at WrestleMania 14 and take away Jim Ross's commentary. Yep. It's not the same. You imagine Mick Foley's career wouldn't be the same. Yeah, there you go. Mick Foley coming off the top of the cell and, and those iconic you know, sentences and comments by Jim Ross were stemming from genuine concern for his friend, but also just legendary terms that are going to be lived, living on. I mean, that was 1998. That was years and years and years ago, but they still live on in our memory now. All the calls of how much he hates Triple H and he's a no good son of a bitch. And a, and then obviously going to AEW and I mean also world of sport in this country he called some matches for there when they tried to do the reboot there and and the influence he's had on younger talent as well Um, everyone knows how much of a big fan of Jim Ross I am I've done a little tiny tiny bit of wrestling commentary myself and when I listened back to it I wasn't Simon doing wrestling commentary I was Simon doing a shit JR impression because I couldn't help myself because this guy is an absolute hero to me. So yeah. Did 50, you say gold? I did not. I did not. Um, but there you go. 50 years in the wrestling business. You know, Jim Ross, I salute you. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things yeah. at the moment for Maxie is my little girl adores Jim Ross on commentary as well. So I'm getting to experience that with her as well at the moment. That's so yeah, Jim Jim Ross this week into the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, as um, every WWE fan, he was the voice. He he, he made all the big calls, and mm-hmm. he was he was one of the few non wrestling um, personalities that that you could really get behind as, as being a a fan of, I mean, if you remember all the times that Vince McMahon has had a laugh at Jim Ross's, Ross's um, expense, you rallied behind Jim Ross. He ended up being more than a commentator. He ended up being a character. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's called all the big spots. Like, like you said, stone cold, stone cold. Austin wants Tyson. Tyson wants Austin. Just so he's, many he's, memories. Yep. Yeah, he's he's the he he's the the voice of of our childhood. 
Yeah, and you think pre pre WrestleMania nine, pre WrestleMania nine, he was working for WCW. So I was hearing him on WCW shows and so on as well, and just so many great memories. Just an absolute legend, and rightfully into the WWE Hall of yeah. Fame. Uh, he's in, I think, like four or five different Hall of Fames as well, and now he's obviously in, in ours, um, which is a, a segment by name. We're not going to present Jim Ross with anything. I mean, what does the guy need? <laughs> but there we go. And there's there's a comment there in the chat. I just want to address very quickly uh, by Pigs Badders himself. Um, well, that, I didn't see that one actually saying he's now retired from commentary, he's dialing it in. And then there's a secondary comment from uh, Pig's Mother saying he's a legend, but time to stop ta- stop tarnishing the legacy. Sorry, put my teeth in. <laughs> this, th- this to me comes down to personal preference. Um, I've got no issue at all with Jim Ross at the age he's at now, 71, 72, whatever, um, still you know, getting treatment for, for cancer and, and all the health issues he's had and so on. I've got no issues at all about Jim Ross coming out and calling a main event on collision. If anything, it makes it feel more special that he's only doing the one match. And yeah, Jim Ross will get the name of moves wrong. Jim Ross will get the name of wrestlers wrong sometimes. But now it's got to that point where it just kind of adds to the charm. And when Jim Ross came out to call a collision main event many weeks ago now, and his music hit, I looked across at my daughter, Charlie, because I knew this was going to happen. She didn't. And her little face lighting up because Jim Ross was coming out to call the match. And part of that is because she knows how much I love the guy. But mm-hmm. also she's got her own adoration for this legend in the business now as well. Um I don't believe at all that he saying pigs are saying he sounds like he doesn't care. I'm not sure that's the case. He's an old man. He's been ill. And if you listen to his podcast and read his books and so on, he openly states in all of these that he struggles when you get into commentary booths with four or five voices. Crazy. He's never, he's he's always said he's never been a fan of more than two, two man booth. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, for me, uh, on his podcast this week, he was talking about Sting's last match in uh, Baltimore, where it all began and so on. And he says that he hopes he's well enough and um, he's given permission to call that with Tony Schiavone because obviously it goes way back to the 80s when they called the original in Baltimore against Flair and so on. Uh, that would make it for me. That would be that'd be a wonderful moment. And it's moments like that I look forward to. So yeah, there you go. My entrant is, uh, yeah. is, is good old JR. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I can kind of see... Um, King Pig's Badger's uh, point from uh, the view of a, a fan um, who yeah. who has grown up with him uh, in in the Attitude Era and and, and previous, um, and you look at his his work now, and yeah, it's not it's not up to that level, but there is he's aged, he's been very ill, he's lost his wife. I think if Jim Ross didn't do something in the wrestling business i think he would just give up yeah in terms in terms of he would have nothing else to live for this is his life yep. he's been in this business for like you said 50 years um Magsby, sorry so, to interrupt but i'm just going to back up exactly what you said there i know you don't listen to podcasts yourself at a great length anymore jim ross has frequently said that on his own show if it wasn't for doing his podcast now he lives alone and all this sort of stuff and also having aw to go and work for occasionally Max has gone green. Oh, you're back. Okay. You went green then for a second. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. yeah what you're saying there is virtually what Jim Ross has, has said himself, mate. So, yeah. So, uh, if uh, he's he's not going to be the, the pinnacle that he was uh, in, no. in the Attitude Era, but the guy still clearly loves the, loves the sport or he loves the entertainment. So, 
having Jim Ross in the world and fluffing his lines and fluffing moves and, and getting a bit cantankerous on commentary is, for me, is a lot better than not having Jim Ross. So yeah. I'm happy to give him a pass for that. There we go. There but it's a great pick. Jim Ross deserves all of the plaudits. I think so. I think so. Uh, Magsy, do we have much in the chat to dive into? Uh, or shall we? <laughs> yeah, Sharon has said, she'll pay me in the form of a dairy milk and <laughs> NDA towards slagging off bubbly chocolate. Listen, Ooh. there are some things that I cannot sign an NDA to, and one of the I will have to always slag off bubbly chocolate. I will burst, ironically, like a bubble, if I don't get to <laughs> vent that, that, that hatred for bubbly chocolate. Um, King Pig's brother is, uh, says, Are you sure that's right? It seems like it should have been more. I think he's uh, commented on title the changes, yeah. The title changes, yeah. It was ridiculous 21 and then six vacant, so 27, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so we've obviously gone through a lot of the points that King Pig's brother says about uh, JR. Um, and yeah, you, you're making uh, you're making cogent points there but yes again, yeah. I, i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying that my opinion differs to yours that's all and that's the beauty yeah. of talking about uh, pro wrestling. he then also says backstage he can stay as long as he wants yeah that, that mm-hmm. that's yeah. fair enough I, and i've always had the not always but i've i've recently had the mindset that jim ross has uh as a, a almost like a sit down backstage interview would be absolutely brilliant because mm. he he would have then the time to 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 formulate his his script uh, better. But again, I I'd seen Jim Ross on TV. It just it just brings a smile to 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 people's faces, whether he gets it right or not. So yeah, yeah, I definitely cannot um, I cannot wish for Jim Ross to go away because it's just it just means so much to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That's exactly how I feel, uh, Magsy. We better get on then with our non-wrestling topic this week. The first one of the new year. We shall. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. (laughs) Big, big belch. Okie doke. Our non-wrestling topic this week. Uh, is you know going to be pretty predictable, Magsy, I suppose, wasn't it? It was always going to be something along these lines. Uh, New Year's resolutions or plans that the CWF have, or what would you like to see from sport, entertainment, anything at all for the upcoming next 12 months? And we had a, a very mixed, varied, interesting you know, set of uh, responses, Mags, didn't we? We did. Um, the CWF never failed to surprise and horrify me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I will read them out in the order they came into us, which is a blatant fucking lie because I realized in I deleted the order I screenshotted them. Yes, and I screenshotted one and deleted it just before we went live. I had to go back and screenshot it again. So it's in completely the wrong order. But if I don't say that, it sets off my OCD. It's, it's, a, it's a gimmick. Story. It's a gimmick now, isn't it? It, is, yeah. it means nothing. It's just <laughs> Uh, we begin with Laura Rain on Twitter at PokerQU33N19897 is the handle there for Laura. She says, another saw film. I want to get more tattoos and get my home done up. I want to go out more, 
it would be funny as hell if they brought back Ladette to Lady as well, because that was pure funny as fuck. Now, Ladette to Lady, that was a reality show, wasn't it? I have no idea. It's a comment that I have not got as well. Okay. Okay. Um, Ladette to Lady, it was like a, you know, a bit of a tomboy kind of effort, getting turned into you know the dress and the hair and all that sort of stuff, from oh, what right. I remember. From what I remember. And she wants that to return? Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair play to you. I mean, I hope your dream comes true, Lisa. Bunch yeah. of numbers. Um, another Saw film. I think that is another Saw film, isn't it? So, is it Saw Ten on the way, or something like that? No, I'm so sure that there is. I've seen an advert for it. That'll make Laura happy there. So yeah, uh, lovely to hear from you as well. Uh, moving on, we have Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter. What do you mean? Here we go. Are you gonna? Are you had, no, it's them? because I had it in the middle of the screen. Ah. I, I had a suspicion that Chris Bellis would be the next one up. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Chris says, without copping out too much, after a crappy end to 2023, I'd settle for a healthy wife and a happy life. Um, I I go along with that, and it's not yeah. copping out. Chris has told no, me personally about uh, issues and so on that are happening at home and all i can say is that i my family and the cwf magazine wish you the best chris lots of love my friend lots of love absolutely and there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting um to be happy and to to be healthy so chris it's definitely not a cop out and uh yeah we send all our love and best wishes to you indeed chris also says I'd also like to end 2024 having met more of you lovely lot, as well as continuing to build the One Man's Meat Pod brand. Happy New Year, CWF. Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. And keep 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 plugging away at it, Chris. Uh, yeah. One of my life mantras has always been dream, believe, achieve. And I'm sure if you are passionate enough about One Man's Meat uh, to make it a success, it will be a success. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we have Jimmy Evans at Jimmy Evans for real on Twitter. I, I love Jimmy Evans. Jimmy's a legend, isn't he? He does not Absolute talk legend. about. He's he's no time for writing yep. soliloquies or paragraphs or nope. diatribes. He's straightening out. Yeah, exactly. Straight to the point. And if you want more information, he almost gives you a fuck you for asking, which I love <laughs> as well. So we'll get to that now. Uh, Jimmy says, "I would like to go to a concert that I didn't get to go to last year." Um, I didn't know whether that meant something was cancelled or we didn't get tickets or if it was just a, you know, a general feeling of wanting to go to more gigs. So I asked, uh, which particular concert did you have in mind, mate? And he responded, hard rock or alternative. So anything in general, I suppose, anything yeah. that fits that genre. So yeah, fair play. But he just says what he needs to say in the least amount of characters possible. Jimmy was ideal for the original Twitter. Yeah. He does not need 140 characters. Straight in and out. He, Never changed, Jimmy. <laughs> exactly. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. And let us know as well, if you do get to those gigs, drop us a message. Let us know how you get on with them. I mean, I'm assuming... He's not well, going to do that. He's well, well, if generally he does, never going to do that. <laughs> if he does, he'll just say, it was good or it was bad. That'll be it. But I look forward to the reviews. <laughs> Everybody say what time is it? Steve-O. Steve-O, not at Total Steve-O on Twitter any longer. He's changed. Mm. 
And this is why I think we didn't get a Steve-O section for Christmas, because I just copy and paste the list of the people in the CWF. And his Twitter handle had changed then. So I, he didn't get the notification, Magsy. So that's on me. So I apologize. Oh, it is on you. So sorry about that, Steve. Yep, I've worked with chimps. Oh, for God's sake. Um, so if he's not total Steve anymore, what are we getting here? Like three quarter Steve Half of Steve No, he's elite FPL Steve That's more than underscore. At elite FPL underscore Steve which is, you know, props to Steve again, kind of like Chris Bellis. He's promoting his brand, and I know uh, him and Jason do a lot of hard work for the elite FPL. So, yeah, good on you for, for yeah. pushing that brand, Steve Indeed. Steve says, It would be nice to meet a girl I can connect with that's actually single. Yeah, yeah that's not sleeping with all those married ladies, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's a dream. That's the dream, folks. A nice girl that's actually single. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, not for you. You're married, Magsy. You don't need to find a nice girl. Well. <laughs> okay, let's of move on. This is Magsy's the best. Um, Stevo says he wants to actually do well in fantasy football. <laughs> I think he does quite well, doesn't he? Better than me. Well, no. He's uh for somebody who's uh whose brand is about F- uh, FPL. He. he he hasn't been doing the, the best lately, but he was top of the, um, it's about the, the Burnley foot. league, wasn't he? Did he top the Burnley league for like the one that set up with all of, the Burnley of, fans of three? It was the top of three. What three divisions or three fans? Three fans. Just three. Okay. Well, I actually think that's an incredible achievement to be top of that. And you're a prick <laughs> trying to dine play it, Mags. You no, he's a star. He's Steve. <laughs> uh, Steve also says, uh, he wants to continue doing what I'm doing with Jason on Elite FPL. Yeah, definitely. I checked yeah. in a couple of times recently on some shows. I I always enjoy what they do. And even even if you're not as interested in in fancy uh, football, and the chemistry between the two guys is is mm-hmm. is really really good. I mean, it's almost as good as as us. Mm. And that that's saying something. So yeah, it's it's it'd be fun to check around the way they really involve their community. Is yeah. It's, it's it's great. It's all inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Steve-O continues. Would never happen, sadly, but Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant getting back together to create a new sitcom or comedy drama. Um, he says it would never happen. Have they fallen out? Do they not get along? Or do they just have no interest? No, I in think they're still incredible, incredible okay. close friends. Um, it's just Gervais is a, a big Hollywood hotshot now, isn't he? He oh. drops... He drops a, a, a Netflix comedy special and pretty much everybody watches it. Mm. So, but, but yeah. saying that them two together did make magic. Mm. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Steve also says detectorists to come out with a season four. Yes. Uh, I solidly, I solidly back this one uh, as a very late comer to the detectorists. Uh, me and uh, the wife uh, essentially binge the show over, a, over a couple of weeks uh, late, last year it's bloody brilliant it's, it's good, a bloody it? brilliant show i do disagree with uh steve or when he said the the, the christmas uh special the sign off show was was crap i thought it was bloody hilarious so yeah i agree with that well i mean i watched it purely because steve recommended it to me yeah. and i completely misunderstood what it was going to be about i thought it was going to be about detectives like police <laughs> No, detectorists, metal detectors. Yeah. People. Yeah. Uh, speaking of detectives, uh, Steve-O also says, a new line of duty series. 
Yeah, that's the show that I've never watched. Nor have I, but my sister says it's fucking amazing. I'll tell you what, going off topic, over the last couple of days, I've been watching a program called Shetland. Okay. Now, they, this show's apparently 10 years old. It's been going for like, like ages, and I've never even heard of it. And it's bloody brilliant. I'm two seasons in, and it's bloody brilliant. So what, so what, what is Shetland? that about? So, you know, the Shetland, the archipelago in Scotland, like the islands and things like that? Yeah. It's a, it's a police, like, murder drama set around the island of, Sh- of Shetland. But I know you lives what, there, do they? No, it's actually quite, there's quite a, it's quite popular, popular, populated. Okay. Quite, so, but it, it's just, it's just really good. It's okay. each, each kind of story goes over like two episodes, kind of almost like, um, Jonathan Creek. If you remember Jonathan Creek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jonathan Creek, murders and stuff like that. It's kind of like that, but, uh, a lot of dodgy Scottish accents. Um, but yeah, the, a lot of the storylines revolve around like the sea and, and, and things like that, but yeah, it's, I'm well into it. I'm going to catch up on all, I think there's eight seasons of it, hopefully in the next few weeks. I will check that out. You will definitely not. You absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Steve O'Con continues. A responder series. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. I can't say I've heard of a responder. So it's something that I will definitely check out. You fucking liar. <laughs> um, also, Steve-O says, hoping more bands come over to this country for him to watch. Uh, he says he thinks in 2023 went to five or six gigs, which is more about cost of travel and accommodation, etc., for the bands than than actually the bands not being there. Um, to put it into perspective, I used to go to a gig a month until this cost of living crap came into play. Uh, we had a little conversation, Steve-O and I, um, on Twitter after this about the cost of concerts and gigs and so on. I always look at the size of the band dictates the size of the venue because you're not going to have, you know, say like a Metallica playing a little tiny club. I know they do it like as one-offs, but you know what I mean when they're trying to make money out of the tour. And again, I'm going back 20 years, but I can remember going to arenas and seeing the likes of Alice Cooper, Iron Maiden, um, uh, Motley Crue. I can remember, I've got the ticket here still, Motley Crue was £35 in, in an arena. Now you're looking at 70, 75 quid a pop before transport, if you need accommodation. And then you want to go buy a T-shirt, maybe. That's 30, 40 quid. It's absolutely ridiculous, Magsy. It is. And and then you get the dynamic pricing from the likes of uh, Ticketmaster and Get mm-hmm. Me In and things like that. So if it's a popular um, show or uh, artist, the prices go ridiculously high. So... Mm. Yeah, it's um, something definitely needs to be done uh, about the the cost of of tickets. I know Taylor Swift made a big deal of of getting the cost of her tickets lowered, and uh, and there were, I'm sure there was a was it the Cure? I want to say the Cure uh, made sure that all his all tickets to 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 their shows were was fifteen quid. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, it's the price of of anything. Not even not even concerts, like any kind of entertainment. Going oh. to the cinema is fucking scandalous nowadays. I remember yeah. when you could go to the cinema for three, four, five quid. 
And for now Clapham. you look at it. Yeah, well, <laughs> eight now, eight now, my dear. But now you're looking at 15 quid a ticket just to go mm. to see a movie. It's, it's, the price of stuff is, is scandalous. And like, like I said, with the cost of living, uh, people tightening the belts, the first thing that goes is the the things that you can do without concerts, mm. cinema, things like that. So, yeah, I hope, he, uh, I hope he goes to a lot more gigs this year. Yeah. Uh, Matt Butler, at Trey Butler on Twitter, he says, City to do the four-peat? Is, that's not a thing, four-peat. What's that? It's It doesn't even it's don't even have part of the, the the word repeating, does it? Part, you're just adding it does, it has, it. it has peat. peat no, is but you're adding that. Like three as the RE, so it's, it makes sense. Like Oh, I see what you mean. Three, you're just adding peat to the end of it now. Five p, six p, seven p, yeah, they don't make sense. But I hope they don't, because no one likes a monopoly in football. No, this is true. Uh, Gene Money gets picked up by a major promotion. Yep, absolutely. He's a very. I mean, he's he's aged aging a little bit now. I think he's a uh, mid thirties, so perhaps his time. Um, it may have passed, but yeah, if anyone deserves. Uh, to, to be picked up by a major promotion, Gene Money is, is certainly on that list. Uh, Matt continues, he'd like to attend six or more wrestling shows. Um, Cornette, to continue being right about everything. I mean, we've already, <laughs> we've already waxed lyrical about yes, Cornette. indeed. Yes, we have. Um, appear on four or more podcasts. Well, reach out, Matt. I've got a few yeah. that I could, you know. <laughs> you could I've got one or two with with Sar in the space of a week. If you really, you want could to do. Think. You could indeed um, go back to East Asia. Interesting. Okay, that, uh, sa- re- that sounds like almost like racism. Like you're telling someone go back to East Asia <laughs> where you come from. <laughs> I don't think that's his aim. <laughs> Um, reduce my snooker handicap to sub 35. I don't understand how that works, a handicap in snooker. So so you start 35 points behind or something because you're that good or whatever. I'm assuming he starts 35 points up. Oh, right. That, I don't know. That's what makes sense. So he, he's 35 points poorer than the average professional player, I would assume. Okay. Like, like a golf handicap. So if your golf handicap is is ten, that means you will take you will uh, average ten extra shots round a, a golf course more than more than the par score. So I'm assuming right. that's what it means. Um and lastly, and I don't quite understand this, lose some kite. Now I, he have a it may mean weight, but he also might have a massive amount of carts, like a mm. collection, like and he might need to get rid of some. Like it, the cupboard under his stairs is just an abundance of nylon fabric, and the static <laughs> is just unbearable now. He just keeps it, getting tied up in the strings. Yeah, it goes upstairs to the toilet, and the hair on his head just stands up because of all the static around. <laughs> yeah, Get rid of your damn kites, Matt. Come on, think it through, I mean, mate. how can you tell anyone to get rid of anything? You are literally a hoarder. Get rid of your your um, arcade, is it your arcade machine or bandit in your, in your garage? It's pool table, not an arcade machine. Pool table, that's it, pool yeah. table. Get rid of that. Do you know what? Actually, on that note, you fucker, right? I um, 
on, on Twitter, I posted about um, sending Liv to find a particular CD of mine. I mean, I don't know if you can make it out on the screen, but the shelves behind Big Bob there, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of, of CDs, albums, and whatever behind there. There's one in particular I wanted to find. So Liv basically fleeced me for a few quid to come up here and find it for me. <laughs> you absolute born adult fucker. You would <laughs> rather pay your child money to go and get a CD. Yeah, but I wanted this particular. I wanted this particular CD because it was a band that didn't really do. They were a covers band that released. Uh, that, that did a few of their own tracks, and they released an EP back in the nineties. I saw them playing Gloucester and so on. And I think they were literally just a bar band, like a pub band. They never did anything. Can't find them anywhere online because they weren't that big a deal. So no Spotify, no, nothing at all. So for me to play this in a potential future venture, I'm, I'm looking into. I, I can't dive into too much right now. I'm still waiting for responses and so on. I need to find the actual disc and I want to listen to it to see if it was as good as I remember or if I'm, you know, nostalgia is making me think, oh, that was great. I play it back and it's dog shite. I've not got a CD player, Max. <laughs> well, you have. Your computer will surely be a CD player. No, there's no CD player or disc drive on my laptop. Okay, right? what about ye olde desktop? No. I, well, I don't know if that, that's got those speakers on it. Right, but you could you could rip it to mp3 surely right this is this is what i was i've had to buy a little external disk drive thingy that's coming on friday because i've not got anything i thought it's all right just to listen to i could chuck it in the dvd player can't i yeah and and play it through the telly so i've come upstairs and i've got my dvd player it's literally right here got my dvd player got the remote got the scar cable for it was this a copy cd was it no 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 no. proper bought one yeah went up to the television in the bedroom it's not got a scar socket on the back so, how am I, so, uh, so I went to the girls and I was like, have you got anything that plays a CD? So Lib started Googling if her PlayStation 5 can play CDs. It cannot. No. You know, Charlie's not got anything. Like, so yeah, basically I was like, shit. So for all the talk about me being a hoarder and keeping shit, I actually needed something this week and I don't own it. So why did you go on your local Facebook marketplace and say, has anybody got a CD player? I bet there's thousands of people looking to throw them away. But instead, you bought one for a computer that you won't know how to work at all. No, no, I looked into it. It says you just plug it in. <laughs> you plug, you plug this thing in, and it just does it for you. So, Jesus yeah. Christ. Six quid, mate. Bargin. Bargin. Uh, anyway, yeah, Matt, get rid of your kites. Um, Rob, <laughs> at UTT, Rob. <laughs> he says, what do I want from sport in 2024? A taxi for Darren Moore. I'm assuming Darren Moore is the manager of Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yep. Are they not doing very well? You're keeping him. I mean, when do Huddersfield do well? They pissed the championship a few years ago, didn't they? And then came straight back down. Yeah, that was. I mean, I can't call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, they're doing absolute gas. Oh. Do you know what I was going to do this week? And I completely forgot because we're such a busy show this week. You were going to mock me incessantly. No, no, no. Um, we spoke, didn't we, about Gloucester City's trophy cabinet and how it was empty and in the They've flood. won a trophy. But no, don't be They found stupid. a trophy. <laughs> I looked up our trophy winning history and I was just going to chuck some out to you during the course of the show but we're an hour and a quarter in so i'm not gonna do that next week we're gonna look i'm gonna be i'm gonna give you facts about what gloucester city have won i'm going to look them up and laugh don't okay. don't look you them up what? and ruin it for next week 
Yeah. Wait till next week, and they I can tell won, you about all the stuff they, we've won. They've won their all Gloucester Cup, which is them and uh, their reserve team. There's a Gloucestershire County Cup, yeah, that they won. <laughs> of course, <laughs> and, they, and they turned up runners up to Cheltenham. Yeah, like Cheltenham, Bristol Rovers are in it, I think, and then like Cinderford and you know all the places in the forest where everyone's got like you know six toes on each foot and shit like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, you know the Southern League in 1923. There's history there, mate. So we'll talk. We'll talk about that next week, okay? I, I take back all the comments I've said about <laughs> Gloucester being absolutely dog shit. Mm. Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He says can't think of a life answer that isn't vaguely depressing <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so i just want my friends and family to be happy healthy yeah. and prosperous yeah that's a good show that's a great show wrestling wise i can't wait to see tna return and hit the ground running and i'd love a gunter world title run in wwe gunter winning the world title yeah i'd like that but the tna thing maxi i wanted to ask you about i don't know if you know anything about this obviously impact wrestling is reverting back to its old name its old branding and so it on yes yes what is changing? Because the roster is going to be the same, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a brand brand change. Um, all I know from it is what I've seen um, from Cultaholic. Uh, Tom Campbell from Cultaholic. He was uh, he's been in, involved with TNA. I think he was the recently the the announcer for the UK leg of their of their tour, and he's going to be involved again when they come back later this year. Uh, but he says it's, it is literally just a rebrand. It's just bringing back the name of, of TNA rather than it being Pat Wrestling, which I think is a, a good thing because... Yeah, I mean... I mean, as good as uh, Impact is, and and they are always going to be the little company that, that just keeps on on, on plowing through. Um, there, I have more of, more of a, a love for, for the TNA version of, of 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 that company um so yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i hope it, it it gives them a big uh bump in in viewership because they absolutely deserve it um and i'll definitely be doing my best to check out some tna uh when it's when it sets up as as with the the gunter tyron i think it would be brilliant i think the guy has been a revelation with the intercontinental title my problem is the the top of the the WWE card is so heavy right now that where does he squeeze in? I mean, you've got potential title runs with Punk coming up, um, Cody Rhodes after yesterday's um, uh, Raw, The Rock. Um, it's quite busy at the top of that card, so mm. I don't know when. Gunter squeezes himself in. I mean, you've still got LA Knight, who's who's massively popular and, and could be potentially world world title um, a, a contender. So, I'd love to see Gunter there, but I don't know when it's happening. Uh, going on to that, have you seen the return of The Rock? Yes, that crowd pop. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I put Chris Jericho's um, debut on 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 Roaring, and that pop for Jericho is always one of my favorite going to be one of my favorite pops, but Jesus wet when the rocks man. music hit that, that stadium erupted. And I watched sh- the whole segment though. And I think that made yeah. it even better because the whole segment w- w- with Jinder coming out and talking for a while and the crowd basically had given up. Oh, it's so good. Well, I was talking to friend of the show, Ray cash uh, about the whole thing. 
Um, and I gave massive props to Jinder because he was in a lose-lose situation. He was always going to be booed. Uh, for So for him to be that, that foil uh, for, for Rock's comeback, or Rock's uh, promo, I suppose, props to him. But when that crowd popped and The Rock slapped his arm and he had goose pimples, mm-hmm. I looked down at my own arm and I literally had the same goose pimples. It was mm. just... You had the same goose pimples as The Rock. What, do you share them? <laughs> we share the goose pimples. No, but I, I had <laughs> goose pimples um, exactly at, at the time that The Rock had the goose pimples. It was just yeah. brilliant. And, uh, and then the way he finished off that promo as well, it kind of looked like he was going a bit off kilter and, and not knowing how to sign off when he was talking about going for something to eat. And then he rolled it round to being the head of the table. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, why? But also, you think about where Gunter fits in. The Rock ain't going to be there long term. And oh. I think when Reigns drops the title, I think he's going to go away for a little while. So there's room. I think there could be room. Hopefully so. And Gunter would like he it would look at a, like a legitimate world champion. Yes, without a doubt. Uh, and finally, on Twitter, unless I have missed anybody out, we have King Pigsbladders himself, at Pigsbladders on Twitter. He says, everything I need or want are out of my control. So if they happen, great. If not, I'll keep wishing, awaiting. So I'd much rather the people around me, friends, family, and the CWF all get their hopes and dreams realised. Also, it doesn't matter if it's films, TV, wrestling, etc., just entertained me and i wanted to finish on that one because i think that is bloody lovely mags it is um from the 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 moment he got involved with the cwf uh he's been an absolute star of uh of our little community um he's each member of the cwf really brings something to t- the table and yeah king pigs Banner is is he's brightened up the show for 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 everyone involved so um, I hope you do get the things that you are you are uh, hoping to to be better. But and I thank you for the the kind comments saying that you uh, wish that we all get our hopes and dreams realised. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being yes. just an absolute great guy, selfless, uh, always trying to to help. Yeah, we massively appreciate you, and we massively appreciate you all, Matt, Chris, Dan, Rob. You're all absolute superstars you i mean you none of you have to comment none of you have to get involved but you do and we love uh-huh. you for it and i'm not one for um uh, new year's resolutions i always think you're kind of setting yourself up for failure by setting yourself a target that if you don't stick to you you you've lost but i hope that sign i can keep bringing you this this entertainment i hope you keep enjoying it for for as, as long as possible i hope you uh kind of echoing chris and and king pigs Banners. i hope you all get everything that you want and deserve in in the upcoming year yeah and just keep being the absolute superstars that you are yeah 100 100 um that, that's it for twitter magsy uh, and all that stuff so is there anything else you want to add yourself for the coming year i've literally just did a fucking five minute topic on that yeah, and that's yeah. what i said is there anything else you want to add dickhead yeah i want to win the lottery quite <laughs> selfishly and i can pack this podcasting bullshit in <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> Anything for you, sir? What are your 
wishes for the upcoming 12 months? Um, the first one that springs to mind is obviously the old family friends all being healthy, but on well, that's a cop maybe... out, really, isn't it? Shut the fuck up and let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm being made a grandfather for the first time on what well, in February. That's the due date. Uh, so I hope that everything goes well there, obviously. Um, and I suppose over the last year, I've had a couple of wobbles mental health-wise. I hope that I, I deal with things a little bit better in that aspect where I can. Um and uh, a big thing is is obviously the podcasting, the network itself, and so on. Uh, I just hope that I can carry on doing this and as I uh, keep enjoying it. I hope other people carry on enjoying listening to it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it for me, Magsy. Really, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think I need to improve on too much because I'm fucking great as I am. So you, you are, you're, you are. <laughs> you're, you're overreaching with some of those. You um, reckon? <laughs> great, great news about the 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 the, the grandkid coming up. Um, absolutely made up for you. You're going to be st- even more behind though before that, before your first grandkid comes out. Because over the Christmas period, grandkid number six popped out. Bloody for us. hell. Yeah. Um, on the 28th of December, uh, Carlos and Kira brought uh, little Freya into the world. So their third child third girl so five girls and one boy is my batting well, average congratulations so, to you yeah, it's a good lady and the rest of the family as well she's a little star so i i can't wait for you to have the feeling of being a granddad it's it's one of the best thing things in the world because you get to show all the love that you did with your kids then you get to give them back so mm. yeah I ain't changing no shitty nappies, I'll tell you that. Uh, Magsy, shall we dive through the chat? I ain't doing that. Shall we dive through the chat? We've got a few comments there from the CWF, and then we better talk a little bit of wrestling, haven't we? We shall. So King Pigs Banner says he loves the Detectorist. Uh, great show. It is. Mm-hmm. It's It's not something I would normally watch as well. I'm not usually into those kind of like light-hearted comedy shows. Um, but yes, there's just something about the, the character work it's just brilliant it's just such a brilliant show um yeah. sharon says his desktop is a desktop is older than time oh yes. yeah it, it, it's it's grim it's yellow folks we know when they used to be gray and then they'd be discolored with smoke size is yeah. yellow it doesn't um, look like he's got some kind of nicotine issues uh sharon says it's a new tv of course it hasn't got a scar you all for i'm surprised it is <laughs> I, I called him a hoarder earlier. He say has a box of wires, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised he doesn't have a scar through HDMI wire in that box. I don't know if that exists. Does it? A scar to HDMI? Of course, it mm-hmm. exists. Does it? It's only conversion. So yeah. why haven't I got one of those? I've got. I'll tell you what. I've got my basket. Where is it? Down here. My basket just down there of all the wires and bits and. It's not a. It's a, literally a, 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 a washing basket full of wires and stuff. <laughs> Right. In fact, a, washing, a washing basket, folks. Oh, of wires. That I, are you that's ridiculous. You can see that there. Um, but earlier on, when I was earlier on when I was downstairs, I got I found a carrier bag with another couple of wires in there as well. So I'm gonna dive into that. <laughs> I bet you I bet you got a semi on when you're like that. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, wait till Shar no goes to bed. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till Shar goes to bed and I'm gonna have a little look what's in there. That could be interesting. Um <laughs> 
Uh, King Pink Banner says, thank you, uh, guys. My pleasure. No, the pleasure is definitely all ours. We massively, massively appreciate you. Uh, Sharon says, I don't normally do resolutions, but I have a few this year. Very personal and achievable, so we shall see. And Sharon, I have no doubts whatsoever, knowing how driven you are, um, that you will achieve those. I have absolutely no doubts whatsoever. One uh, of them is to get me to move out. She will achieve that. She will definitely achieve that. Uh, King Pigs joining the, the 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 trade of love for our siblings' offsprings. Uh, our offsprings' offsprings, sorry. Uh, says, I became a granddad again to twins on the 27th. Uh, twin boys. That's amazing. Uh, so congratulations. I hope they bring you all the joy in the world. Sharon says, congratulations to the Mags clan. We love you. And I like you as well. <laughs> No, you guys are amazing. I've said to Simon over the Christmas period uh, how um, how much I appreciate him and, and you all. You've been absolute stars with me um, over this past year, putting up with my bullshit, so thank you very much. Sharon uh, giving King's Pigs Banner some congratulations. And Sharon says he has a drawer of wires now. So a drawer and a basket. Mm-hmm, yeah, You need an intervention. You absolutely need an intervention. I threw, I threw a, uh, I don't know if it was a box or a bag, but I threw a load out not long ago. And I bet when Sharon was out or not looking, you went back and got that <laughs> and brought it back in. Because you never know when you're going to need them, do you? If you, do you know, the, there's a, a kind of mantra: if, if if there's something in your house that you don't use for six months, you should throw it away. Right. How how long have you had some of those wires? Um, Pig Spider's in the chat there saying <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bag of wires. No scar to HDMI in his either. Um, uh, Sharon said we had tw- uh, Sharon we had twins too. This King's uh, King's Pig Spider's again, sixteen years old now. Um, hell, and he says, "Oh my god, I bet they're absolute blast." Yeah, twins would be amazing, wouldn't they? Mm. Twins would be. Am- Do you not agree? Mm. It's just double the cost, isn't it? You, you're such a miser. <laughs> you can make them share presents. Oh, yeah, good try. And with having the, the, the kids so close to Christmas, it's one present. Oh, see, no, because Charlie's birthday is the 22nd, and we, keep, oh, we can't. Well. I tell people I can't do that. No, they can't well, do that. Agree to disagree. Freya <laughs> may only be getting one present a year. Let's just... Let's, <laughs> Just warning you now, future Freya. Yeah, when you go back and listen to the extensive chain wrestling back catalogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to know what my what my granddad made for content. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I only ever got one present a year. <laughs> oh man. Uh Magsy, shall we talk a little bit of wrestling? Uh we definitely shall when I find the rumble button. I bet uh, it. Let's get it. Right then, I want a poll again. Woohoo! And we are going. <laughs> wow, that was we the are... most humbly humble brag of the lot. Yes, indeed. And we are looking at an NWA world title match, but it's from this century, which is unusual for my selections. It is very unusual. Uh, we are heading to the. I was going to say AEW, but it wasn't even AEW then, was it? We're heading it to it was just. It was Bullet Club and Ring of Honor, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. All in 2018. 
the NWA world champion is Nick Aldis, and he is defending against Don't Call Him Rhodes, Cody, who has no neck tattoo. And now I've now I've seen him with the neck tattoo for quite a while. It looks weird of it not being there, but I still rather that was the case. Yeah, but better. Yes, yes. His neck looks longer without the tattoo. Did you notice that? I mean, that might be just his muscle mass he's put on since being in the back in the WWE. Yeah, that probably yeah, that make more sense to be fair. He's not expecting gadget, it's like go go gadget. <laughs> go go Cody Nick. <laughs> That's a t shirt. Um we are <laughs> uh this was uh the 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 one I watched, the link I watched was the Daily Motion link that I shared on uh, Twitter earlier today for people who wanted to watch the match along. Did you watch it on now? Did you watch it anywhere, somewhere else, Max? I watched a Daily Motion link. I don't know if it was the one you picked. Did yours start with half of the, the women's match before it? No, I didn't get the entrances on mine. Oh, well, I did. I got half okay. of the women's match beforehand and then the, the little uh, video package build up and then the entrances. Oh, your link was better than my link. Well, it was also, it looked like it was filmed on a potato. What, your link? Yeah. Ah, so somebody with their phone up against the TV, is it? No, it was, it was definitely off the, off the stream, but it was just very pixely sometimes. Okay. Uh, um, My stream began with Cody getting in the ring, surrounded by a huge group of people. They're apparently part of the nightmare family, people like DDP and so on. Aldis also had his little crew of him with Jeff Jarrett and, um, Tony storm, but not that one, uh, was with him. Tim, as well. storm. Tim storm. There we go. Yes. Not Tony storm. That's somebody completely different. That's her, his niece. Um, we then get introductions in the ring. And I just want to say that as much as people in the wrestling world say how great a referee Earl Hebner was and how well he did this and well he did that and certain, this was absolute shit, wasn't it? He's not good on the mark. There's a reason why referees aren't stickmen. Yes. Um, Did I ever tell you about watching him on an online signing, Earl Hebner? I I think you may have mentioned it. Was it a Facebook thing? Yeah. It's the drunkest I've seen a man in my life. <laughs> you know, when you get so hammered that you get to that point where you might, you're thinking, oh, am I going to be sick? And your saliva starts going a bit crazy. And do you know what I mean? And you're swallowing a lot. Yeah. Right. He's obviously at that point in the evening when he's doing this signing for this, this online thing. And I'm waiting. I, I bought a picture. I'm waiting for him to sign it on screen and, and so on. And I've got it downstairs. It's Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels and him from WrestleMania 12. And he says two sigh and he signed it and so on. I'm waiting for that to come up. And he's got a bottle. I think like a bottle of, um, uh, like a pot bottle, like a, a Fanta or Coke bottle, or you know, just a see-through bottle. And he keeps leaning out the way of the camera, but not quite getting out of the way to gob in it. Where he's like, oh, to not even to, like, no, it's empty to spit in it. Cause he got that in it. Oh, and the guy, the, the guy doing, I mean, this is going back a good few years, but the guy doing the signing with him, obviously whose company this, this was, is having to put the pen in his hand sometimes and, and repeat over and over again, we're going to do that. You need to sign. And, and the amount of pictures they had to redo because he'd spelt like somebody's name wrong or something like that. Cause he was wow. annihilated, mate. Wow. I mean, mm. you'd have just postponed it. Surely. Mm, maybe. But, yeah. But what a no bad. I mean, yes. 
the the he stole WWE intellectual property selling the shit out of his van. He screwed <laughs> Bret Hart. He, he, he screwed Hogan with the with the Bane switch. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Earl Hebner's a a bit of a bell end, didn't he? He didn't. I'll defend him on the Bret Hart one because we all know <laughs> Bret screwed Bret. But anyway, well, I um, know he he was involved because he had his brother. Uh, waiting outside with the car engine running so he could fuck off before Brett pinned him. <laughs> so he was involved. <laughs> uh, um, we get a handshake between the two competitors, which is nice. And then we get an unnecessary cartwheel from Cody Rhodes. Don't quite know what that was all about. But, but yeah, but even before the, the, the wrestling started, this this felt huge. This, for me... It felt like a, a world title boxing match mm-hmm. with, with the entourages and, and the elaborate um, introductions. And it felt massive. And you, we're talking about a title that a couple of years before this was, was, in, the, was in the toilet. Yeah. The NWA title. Yeah. yeah. The NWA title meant almost less than nothing. And, and Nick all this props to that guy. He carried that brand on his back um, to the point where this felt huge. It felt mm. massive. And then you've got the whole event being built around Corder um, taking Dave uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, bet of uh, of an indie event selling ten thousand uh, tickets um, and 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 absolutely smashing it out of the park. So it just felt huge. Um, mm. And it gets you invested. It really gets you invested. I mean, there were some things that I uh, I weren't exactly a, a fan of in the in the, the the kind of lead up to the start of the match. The fact that they're bringing out Phoenix the dog, um, who's uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's um, he's a, a kind of an, an emotional support dog. And with all the lights going off and and the the the, the loudness of the crowd and the, and the theme music, mm. he did look a little bit. He wasn't happy. Terrified. I but, totally forgot about that because obviously I didn't I didn't get that on my version. Then I totally forgot that happened until you just mentioned. It. And then you also get Branda strong arming herself into mm. the beginning, which she's a dickhead. I have no love for, for Brandy Rhodes whatsoever. I think she's a prick. Um, but yeah, it just felt massive. It just felt like an event, a massive event. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Um, the match begins with Nick Aldis uh, working Cody's arm for a while uh, before Cody hits a dropkick, which sends Aldis to the floor. And then we get a dive from Cody through the ropes onto the floor there. They scrap on the outside for a while, and Aldis then hits a vertical suplex on the floor <laughs> and smashes Cody into the post. They go back into the ring, and then Aldis busts out a, a, a fisherman suplex, a perfect plex. And I thought that looked fantastic. I think this whole this whole beginning uh, section of the match it it was it was a. I think Cody said it at the at the beginning of of the kind of promotion for this. It felt like a love letter to old school wrestling. This is uh-huh. this match started like an old school kind of your your era of NWA style matches where it was it yeah. was very catches catch can style wrestling and in a in an era uh, and an event that was full of half flying and very 
choreographed moves. This stood out so much of a, of a genuine callback to the, the glory days of territory wrestling. I, I absolutely was enthralled. And again, it's got a sense of realism. We know it's not, but there's a sense of realism to it. And you're still getting the dives. You're still getting Cody bouncing off the ropes with you know the springboards and all that sort of stuff, the aerial kind of aspect to it. But you haven't got 49 backflips to 10 people stood waiting to catch you, which completely takes me out of the moment. You know, I've, you can still have spectacular high spots without it looking like shit. Yeah, absolutely. It does get a bit clunky at one point, though. Like, I don't know if they kind of lose their way or there's a bit of a timing issue. Um, before they go into the, the double clothesline and then the double crossbody, and um, Cody Cody misses a super kick, but Aldis still he, sells it. He misses it by a long way as well. Yes. <laughs> It's so, I mean, if there's one thing that you can give all in's production and, and this match in particular, uh, grief eyes, the cameras maybe should have cut away a few mm. more times. I went green again, then I you saw did. myself go green. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Um, yeah, the cameras, uh, should have cut to different angles, uh, at certain points because. They kind of give the game away a few times, but mm. yeah. Um, I mean, wrestling matches go wrong. The um, it's it's how the wrestlers deal with it, and I think you've got two pretty good wrestlers in there, um, and and they were able to kind of book on the fly, as we as we like to say. Yeah, um, we end up back on the outside again. Well, Nick Aldis does, and then that's when we get Cody springboarding off the middle rope to the top rope to fly down to the floor but he gets caught by an Aldis elbow or forearm mm-hmm. or punch or some description but when Cody did that again there's no flip involved or anything like that but that looked I thought that looked really good because it the did. camera angle the cameraman is is obviously lower than Cody anyway because he's on the floor but I'm assuming he's knelt down a touch and looking up and it made the distance that Cody travel traveled sorry seem so much further than I, than I think he actually did if we looked at it from, like, say, the hard cam, for example. Yeah, and it also made uh, the impact of, of Nick Aldis's shot mm. look that much more destructive. Um, and that leads into probably the worst part of the match. And right. the part that, that this solid... I mean, I mentioned it when, uh, when, when you put it up as a, as a, as a pick... As good as the match is, this is the part of it that I will always remember because it it went so badly wrong. Right. I'm going to need your assistance with this then, Magsy, and I'll tell you okay. why. One, we know my memory is not the greatest. It wasn't until you mentioned just then about the dog and the entrance that I'd completely forgotten about that. The version of this I watched online, we had Cody hitting the, hitting the deck, Aldis hitting him, sorry. The ref throws up the X. DDP comes down to check on Cody. And then the next thing I know, the screen goes black and then both guys are back in the ring and Cody's got a bit of blood on him. So anything that happened between DDP coming down and then them returning back into the ring just before Cody misses the moonsault, I didn't get on what I was watching. Okay, so you get the forearm, uh, Cody goes down, uh, Nick Aldis uh, goes and lies on the the uh, ring apron to to show just how 
how out of it he was. Um, Cordy calls over the uh, the ref, Earl Hebner, um, whilst he's, he's down. Um, and you can only assume it's because he's either lost his his gig, which uh, for those not in the know, gig is a little bit of a, a razor blade that people use to to uh, essentially blade. Uh, mm. So you get you get uh, blood. Um, so um, Earl throws up the act. He goes and relays the information over to, to Nicholas about what's going on. Uh, and then DDP is sent down to kind of fill time whilst Cody um, is able to find a way of, of gigging. He also, I assume, brings down another gig because he, the first thing he does is his hand goes into Cody's hand when he's when he's checking on him. Um then uh Devari comes down. Uh they're obviously going to do something to distract the crowd, which absolutely makes sense. Devari yeah. uh pushes um the ref, get um DDP gets in the ring, gives him the 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 diamond cutter. Um but just before DDP gets in the ring we get a a, a, a shot from the camera of him lifting Cody up and Cody's head is absolutely fine. Then DDP goes into the ring, does the diamond cutter. Cody's head has then gone under uh, a table set up in the corner. I think it's for maybe some um, foreign announced uh, uh, team. And then when DDP is uh, sent away from the ring, Cody's head arises from this table and it's a crimson mask, uh, a genuine JR-style crimson mask. So it's no no um, action with Cody and Nicholas has taken place in this time. So the only possible explanation is, is he gigged? He he mm. bladed, uh, and it just it. I mean, things like this happen, but yes. maybe they should have rolled with the punches and 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 gone hard way, as the the term is. And I understand why Cody wanted to bleed because his dad was was famous for bleeding. His dad coughed and he he opened up a wound on his forehead. Um, but yeah, the fact that he wasn't able to bleed in time and and it goes on for so long. You, it's uh-huh. it's a good three to four minutes of of Cody struggling to to bleed, um, which kind of takes you away from it. And again, this is where the camera shouldn't have been focused on on Cody knowing that he was struggling with this with this blading it should have been crowd shots and maybe Nick Aldis and the referee but no they got a picture of his of his purely wire unbleeding face <laughs> and then 10 seconds later bleeding like a stuck pig so yeah oh dear it's it it's 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 ridiculous uh, uh back in the ring as i mentioned Cody misses a moonsault um, we then get a pretty cool fall away slam or Scott Hall esque fall away slam, but from the middle rope from Nick Aldis. That was quite cool. I enjoyed that. Yeah, they called uh, it the a Samoan. Oh, what did they call it? A, a Samoan uh, fall away slam, something like that. I think uh, the bit that you've got caught as well misses um, the 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 Rhodes kind of snap slam, the one that Randy Orton does. Yeah, um, I didn't see that. Yes. Uh, Dustin Rhodes also does it, but this one, because Cordy is bleeding, um, and the the both guys are absolutely just pouring with with sweat. 
he almost doesn't get it. And Nick Aldis's neck very, very nearly is is destroyed. It's it's literally millimeters away oh, from yeah. getting destroyed. Uh, but that's when they, they go on to the 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 miss of the moonsault. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. So um Cody applies uh, figure four, which is you know, they roll through and roll through again before eventually they end up on the outside. Um, we fight a bit more out there, then we get back in the ring. And then Cody attempts the Alabama slam, which he doesn't quite get right with the first attempt. Looks a bit clunky, sells the back hurting, and then does it again. And mm-hmm. when when the first attempt didn't go well, it looked it looked off. But then the selling of the back and then eventually hitting the move ultimately when you piece it all together i thought that worked very well yeah it 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 looked botchy at the beginning but yes. the way that they they recovered uh and this uh, this is where excalibur comes in uh and uh, comes in clutch by saying oh it, it it's showing the pain from being uh from nicole is targeting that back which it didn't target the back that much to be quite right. fair, but it, it made sense and it kind of covered the story. But when he, had, when he did uh, pull off the Alabama slam, the crowd went absolutely wild anyway. So it, mm. it, it kind of almost worked as a spot. So props to him again for being able to, to, to recover from, from a, what, what was clearly an error. Yeah. Uh, Cody misses the disaster kick. And I fucking Aldis hate the a, disaster kick. Yes, it's shit. a horrible move. It's, it's it just looks disgusting. And Aldis hits a power bomb, which looked vicious as hell, and then rolls Cody through into a clover leaf that he can't quite sink on properly, mm-hmm. but adjusts a few times. And again, because it wasn't completely smooth and perfect, it almost it didn't look shit. It almost added to the realism of it by mm-hmm. not being able to get it quite correct but then we come to the part of the match magazine that i'm really pissed off about nick aldis hits a pile driver nothing wrong with that it was a very weird looking pile driver right okay like normally the 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 head of the the person being pile driven is in between the legs of the pile drive uh uh, caught his head basically cracked into the thighs of, of yeah. Nick Aldis. He yeah. protected him like the Undertaker protected Hulk Hogan and, and damn near broke his back. <laughs> um, but again, I've got no major issues with that. But what oh. happens next? I've got a big issue with. Aldis climbs to the top rope. We find out because of what happens in a few moments, he's going for a top rope elbow drop. Brandy Rhodes gets in the ring and starts trying to get in the way. Uh, she, I've, it's almost like she's doing the whole, shall I throw in the towel aspect? I'm trying to protect him. He's done. And then Aldis comes off the top rope anyway. Brandy jumps across Cody and takes the elbow drop for him, which I disliked. Any, I, I, I hated that whole segment of the match. I hated any involvement of Brandy there. That was completely unnecessary. <laughs> it made Cody look like a bit of a bitch. But then what added to it being so shit was that Brandy sold it terribly. Her legs. <laughs> you get a second shot of it, and it's uh, from like it's almost from the level of the ring, and her legs flop around like they're made out of jelly. It's ridiculous. Mm. I yeah. dislike Brandy. Uh, with a passion, I think she has hooked her uh, 
uh, her career onto Corda. And I don't think she's talented at all. I think that a lot of the stuff that she was doing in early AEW stunk the place out, and it, she held uh, a lot of um, a lot of people back in in the beginning of AEW. And she has this attitude that her shit doesn't stink. She gets into yeah, she I got get into, that, yeah. She got into Twitter wars. Um, she used the race card multiple times. She used the 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 gender card multiple times to get out of arguments that she caused. I dislike her, and I don't think there was any need for her to be involved at that spot. I think Nick Aldis could have hit the elbow and Corey kicked out, and it would have been absolutely fine. Yeah, um, big pot from the crowd for like a two point nine exactly. kick out or whatever. Yep. But this was Brandy strong arming herself. I mean, she did it at the beginning. You obviously didn't see the in- intros, but no. the first intro is Brandy Rhodes coming out, and then then it's Cordy. It's she's just she, like I say, she's hitched her her wagon to Cordy Rhodes, and she has had to be involved. And yeah, she just she was annoying, and she probably still is annoying. Mm. I didn't mind her as a ring announcer, to be fair. Mm. Wait, was it NXT? She was okay, you know? Was that, Again, not, was not that, fantastic, but was she was okay. Was that the Eden Styles era? Oh, I don't know. That does ring a bell. Yeah, I think it was. Mm, okay. Um, again, I, I, I kind of glitch a bit then on the stream I was watching, because effectively the next thing I see is a bit of a scuffle, a disaster kick, a crossroads, and then a two count. Yep. From that. Uh, a, a barely two count. Nick Aldis essentially tried to Hogan um, uh, Corder. He, he no-sold that crossroads. He was out at one. It was literally... You want your wife involved, Cody? Fuck your finish. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he proper, he proper no-sold it. Oh, but, but yeah, that, that happened. <laughs> we get a tease of a vertebraker then, don't we? Which doesn't we quite... Do quite happen before there is um an, uh, another attempt at a crossroads as well mm-hmm. um and then effectively we go into pretty out of nowhere the the bret hart british bulldog SummerSlam 92 finish the sunset flip attempt and cody hooks the legs falls forward and gets the three count which i quite like i don't i don't think every title match or every big event has to finish on a guy's finish so to speak mm-hmm. because then why are you covering them on other moves it makes no sense so i like the way that big matches finish without having to hit a big finishing move but this felt incredibly out of the blue to me anyway yeah i mean it you could sense a finish coming you could sense that they were getting into the into the 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 last few minutes uh with the with attempting the their finish moves and i do agree with you that the 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 SummerSlam 92 callback, I, I thought that was was brilliant. And I also think it's not only a callback to that, but it's a callback to old classic NWA-style wrestling where yep. the the, the roll-up and, and Sunset Fleet were, they were finished, where matches finished, but it was out of the blue. Mm. It, it, there didn't seem to be enough build for that to, to be the finish. But... Uh, knowing uh, how all in ran, um, there was a lot of matches that went well over the time. So perhaps it was a call by uh, production. This needs to be wrapped up because I know the main event ended up getting only like 10 minutes when it was due yeah. to be half an hour. 
because so many other matches ran over. So perhaps it was that. Perhaps the guys just were were shattered enough to to say, "Come on, let's let's call it a day." And 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 we kind of didn't get that build up to to the the finish. But yeah, Cordy Cordy gets the 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 bulldog finish and wins the NWA title. There we go. Out of ten, Magsy, what are you thinking? Now, normally we we take the match um, just in its singularity. We don't usually in- include kind of like our emotions and and the the spectacle behind the match. But it's really hard mm-hmm. to not include all the backstory of this match. This is um, a guy love him or hate him in Cody Rhodes, and I know. Dan Griffin is uh, not a fan, but this is a guy who <laughs> has lived his whole wrestling career underneath one of the biggest shadows uh, in wrestling. That he could wrestle for 50 years and still be Dusty's son rather than mm. Cody Rhodes. And you got to bear so, in mind as well, Maxie, sorry to interrupt. For a long time, he wasn't even just Dusty's son. He was Dusty's other son. Exactly. So he had he had a massive shadow that he lived in. Um, so him leaving the WWE where he could have had a, um, a, a, a average career and made a paycheck to bet on himself, as much as I'm not a massive fan of his style of wrestling, I can get behind the, the fact he bet on himself and was willing to, to do that slog to make the Cody Rhodes name rather than be in the shadow of Dusty. And to pay homage to his dad by holding the title that his dad made or helped to make famous to bleed the way that his dad bled. Uh, and you could see how much it meant to him when he cries. And th- those tears are genuine tears. He's yes. he's reliving moments that his dad had. And as bad as some parts of this match were, the gigging, the uh the 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 botching i think i have to i have to rate this match emotionally um because it it felt so huge so if in terms of the wrestling it's probably a six a seven but in terms of just being invested in the match um uh what the match meant i'm 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 so tempted to to pull the trigger, but the the blading stops me from doing that. So I'm going with a nan. Wow. Okay. Why? Wow. Okay. I I don't know if the version of this match I got online with the two segments cut out for whatever reason has affected my opinion of it. I remember enjoying it so much more when the wife and I booked this event mm-hmm. in 2018, then I, then I did here. Mm-hmm. However, it's, there's nothing p- particularly wrong with it. The, the, the blade in was a bit of a screw up. Brandy Rhodes, right, Brandy Rhodes, sorry, getting involved is a pain in the ass. That was bullshit. That was completely unnecessary. And that, that genuinely made me angry when that happened. Um, but overall it's good old school, proper wrestling for want of a better phrase, but it's not spectacular. It's it's good. It's better than average, but it's not spectacular. So it's okay. a seven for me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, if if we were, if I were to follow my the the rules, I suppose, of chain wrestling and just mm-hmm. judge the match on its own, 
a seven would six seven but i can't help but remember how emotionally invested i was in this at the time um being a a fan of a certain vintage and remembering uh what dusty Rhodes meant to the to the wrestling world i can't not involve that in my judging so i'm 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 sticking with a nan fair enough mate fair enough Ah, shall we then put forward a couple of options for next week's show and see where we're going to link to in this week's poll? I don't know if you're going to like mine. So okay. I'm pretty back- sure you're going to hate mine. But anyway, go on. <laughs> so we're back on um, the Cody Rhodes wagon. And the the thing with Cody Rhodes now is he's trying to finish the story. Even mm-hmm. though- even though he's been back with the WF for a, a while now and he's not had the opportunity. So I thought, let's revisit him finishing the story. But I'm not going to go with his match against Seth Rollins in the in the Hell in a Cell. I'm not going to go with uh, with uh, the Royal Rumble. I'm not going to go with um, his match against Roman Reigns. I'm going to go to when Cody Rhodes meant something in the WWE. I want to go to when Cody Rhodes was tag team champion with Hardcore Holly and they lost the titles to Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes. Now, that match is a very... Cody Rhodes Rhodes and Hardcore Holly were the tag team champions. Yes. Ted DiBiase had a mystery partner who was running late and that mystery partner was Cody Rhodes and he oh. they beat Hardcore Holly for the tag team titles but that match is only 1 minute 28 seconds long so for a Brucey bonus I also want to throw in the main event from that event so the event is uh, Night of Champions 2008 the main event was Triple H versus John Cena for the WWE title. So it's Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly versus Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes and Triple H versus John Cena for the WWE title. So the comment that um, Dan Griffin has put in the chat there saying Mags following the rules, so that'll be the day, really does ring true because somehow you've managed to get two matches. And I say somehow, it's obvious how it's done, by completely ignoring the rules of the show (laughs) once again. There is a link. There is a link there. A very, very tenuous one. Well, in that case, I'm going to use the link I've already got go to the show I want to talk about and I'm just going to pick the whole fucking pay-per-view <laughs> I mean uh, if you really want me to stick to the rules we can just watch a 1 minute 28 match but it would there's not really a lot of meat on the bone there no there's not is there cool idea and the, and the Triple H versus Cena match is pretty very good okay that's, a, that's an interesting idea though with the mystery partner being the other guy on the other team that's quite clever <laughs> It's well, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's the form. It leads up to the formation of Legacy, doesn't it? Right. Okay. See that sort of time, two thousand and eight, nine, two thousand and seven. I'm quite hazy on a lot of what happened. Squiffy there, so. on it. Yeah. Okie doke. It will surprise you, not in the slightest. You have you have been waiting all all <laughs> Christmas to fucking throw in some. And your link is the NWA. 
and it's definitely Barry Windham versus some other old cunt in black and white. <laughs> Uh, my link isn't actually the NWA, no. My link is the name Rhodes. And I'm going to go to Brandy Rhodes versus... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> In Nightmare Collective. Uh, uh, I would like to head back to... Uh, I, I thought it's a perfect chance for me to link back to what I love, old school Jim Cogger promotions, old school WCW, old school NWA. And... We've looked at Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair uh, and, and other aspects of that as well. And I thought, I want to pick a Dusty match because we looked at his son and so on. Oh, Dan Griffin in the chat, Dusty Rhodes versus Barry Windham. I did look for one, believe it or not, but it's not. It's not. Um, I would like to head to when Dusty taking on Flair and the Horseman was not petering out, but Flair in the main event picture was moving on to something else. So Dusty had to find something to do. So he almost dropped down a level and decided he's going to, he's in his mind, he's dealt with Dusty, with Ric Flair, even though Flair's still the world champion. Don't quite know how that worked out, Dusty, but okay. He's going to battle the rest of the horsemen now. So he targets, first of all, the United States champion of this particular era. And I would like to head to Starcade. 1987, which, by the way, if you run through that card, is incredible. There's a brilliant Road Warriors match on there and all sorts of stuff. Really, really good stuff. But the US title match from Starcade 87 involves Dusty Rhodes as the challenger, hence the link, and he is taking on Lex Luger, part of the Four Horsemen, in a steel cage. It's online in the countdowns and so on that I looked at and different people talking about it online. It's apparently one of the top three matches of Dusty Rhodes' career. So, I thought that could be quite and interesting. And also, Lex, Lex Luger's best ever match. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> no, potential, no potential there, absolutely. But yes, it's a, it's a steel cage match. It's 1987, uh, Jim Crow Promotions, NWA. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's got the rising star of Luger, who at the time in 87, 88, was very good. He hadn't had the, uh, the car accident, and he was not... He was, he was actually motivated back then, so he was he was doing some good stuff. Dusty Rhodes is charismatic as ever, of course. The whole history of the Horseman and uh, Dusty, I, I want to touch upon as well if this wins. So that's my my option for the poll, Max. I may have to help King Pig Butters with one of his resolutions. If your pick wins, he may have to take my place and be on this podcast. Because <laughs> that's a shit pick. Bollocks, is it? Have you seen that match? Listen... I'm, I'm, I'm used to Don't watching skirt around the question. I'm used to watching wrestling in colour. It is in colour. Grey and black and white <laughs> don't count. It's a very, very good match. Anyway, those are your options for this week's poll, which will be out on our Twitter X account in the next few days. Um, you have Night of Champions 2008, uh, Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly versus Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes, and, and also Triple H versus John Cena thrown in the mix as well. Or you have Lex Luger versus Dusty Rhodes for the United States Championship in a steel cage from Starcade 87. Make sure you're voting, retweeting, etc., etc., etc. I can't wait to watch the door. The- the Rhodes versus Luger match. Don't pick his pick against Cedar Griff. <laughs> I, I may go on strike. I actually may go on strike. If I have so to watch Dusty Rhodes, not sorry, apologies. Good Dusty Rhodes versus shitty Lex Luger. Oh no, this is good Lex Luger. Shitty Th- Lex. There's Luger never been a good Lex Luger. 
listen to you. Oh dear, Magsy, shall we dive through the chat before we have a, a little I don't discussion? Really want now. Okay, well, let's not bother. Let's, let's just let's just go. go I've actually <laughs> accidentally skipped right back to the top. So one second, let me find it. Yeah. Um, and I suppose we also have a little bit of Hulk Hogan telling some lies before we depart for the evening. We may have um, Dan Griffin. Uh, welcome in, sir. Um, did you enjoy the the darts? Um, he said, Nick Harris was an incredible NWA champion. The early days of power were a lot of fun. Yeah, and then James Mitchell ended up fucking it up, and now the company's probably dead. Oh. Uh, King Pigvada says, oh, this was the main reason anyone tuned into power to begin with. Yeah, they mentioned on, mm. on, on the All-In Show his, him going on a, a tour, basically. Was it 20 defences in 60 days or something like that, which is, it just... Everyone was so invested in NWN, how quickly it fell back off again. Um, Dan Griffith says, Tim Stone was a very good baby face. And also there was Eddie Kingston, who this uh, this past week became a triple crown champion in um, AEW, which for somebody who was on the verge of quitting wrestling um, and, and then becoming so beloved again by the wrestling community. Yeah, props to Eddie Kingston. I mean, you can't not love him. He's just so good. Um, King Pigsbetter says he fell in love with Eddie Kingston on power. Uh, mm. King also says Eden stars. <laughs> anything that Brandy Rhodes was involved in is, is absolutely shit. Um, Dan Griffith says the only thing remotely interesting that Brandy's ever done was the Nightmare Collective, and that was because it was a bit weird and shit. I mean, even when she tried to do something remotely good for the community when she set up AW Heels, um, which was supposed to be this safe space for, mm-hmm. for female wrestling fans, she had the fucking cheek to charge them 50 quid mm. to, to be a part of it. So, yeah, she's a bellend. She's an absolute bellend. When that was Chief Brandy Officer, oh, cringe absolute cringe um dan griffin says mags following rules that'll be the day and just as he said that i broke the rules uh, <laughs> dan also says uh that that's a scottish danny match that is yes. i bet he's got it on vhs you'll have it on laser disc will scottish danny <laughs> uh, dan then says can't believe you didn't go with kane versus mark Henry versus the big show oh, oh what a fuck meat slapping meat slapping meat but it was for the ECW title, and ECW didn't mean fuck all then, did it? So, nah. and then we get the obligatory we ate the NWA, Barry Windham, Bar- Dusty Rhodes versus Barry Windham, US champ Barry Windham, fuck Luger, and voting for Mags. <laughs> I would accept a 50 50. No, listen. Interesting. Dan, don't do that. Uh, good. Lex Luger is still shit. Um, the darts is great. That 16-year-old, 33-year-old has made the final. Yeah, we talked about him at the beginning of the show. Is it Liam Littler? Um, mm. For a 16-year-old, he's got a little bit of a of a beer belly. I think he's had some uh, rough years, but you know what? Good on him. Absolutely good on him. Um, and Dan then says he was just sicking his mouth a little bit hearing Chief Brandy. I mean, how yeah. cringe is that? I get it. Uh, that's her gimmick name or whatever, Brandy, but fucking hell. Chief Brandy officer, what a what a prick! A uh, couple of mentions there of uh, NWA Power as well. My mm. big memory of discovering Power and watching that was um, I loved it. By the way, the studio aspect that was old NWA style, Jim Cocker Motion style, Georgia wrestling style, and so on. But the theme music for the first season they called it of Power 
done by the band Dokken. That mm-hmm. was a belter, proper great eighties, yeah. you know, metal. Yeah, they did a theme tune from like Ron Elm Street film as well called Dream Warriors. That was good as well. That sort of shows oh. their era, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it was it was a good it was a good callback to wrestling of old was NWA mm. power, but then they go and fuck it up for themselves. So what can you do? There we go. Anyway, shall we tell a bit of Hulk Hogan Billy bullshit? Let's do it. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from a telephone wire, squirming, squirming, pants are burning when I lie, my hips start turning. Wow, that's unbelievable. Look, man, I made a mistake. A very quick one today. Um, Mr. Hulk Hogan claimed that he came up with the idea for the NWO, but instead of uh, of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, he wanted it to be him, the booty man, and the nasty boys. I, I don't even want to. That makes me... You talk about being sick in your life a little bit about Chief Brandy Officer. That makes me feel ill. That's turned my stomach, that Hulk Hogan bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Can you dear. imagine <laughs> the nasty you... oh, my God. Jerry Sags turning up to a natural and going, You don't know, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Jerry Sags turning up to a random nitro, just going, You know who I am, and you don't fucking care. You wish I'm here. I weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Benny Mack in the chat there, giving us a thumbs up. Hi, Benny. Hope you're doing Hello, well. My How friend. are you? Awesome to see you checking in with us. Brilliant stuff, buddy. Magsy, uh, we're basically done, aren't we? Do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self online? Yes, you you can find me on the, the X as uh, at Podfather Mags, but uh, very rarely tweet and even rarely rare, like and retweet stuff. So um, no point really following me on there. Um, or you can follow me on, on TikTok where I've I've had a bit of a lull in posting chicken videos, but I'm certainly going to get back into it. Uh, oh, yeah, for chicken. I did miss out on chicken news, didn't I? Um, uh, anyway, the chickens have got some new wood flooring in their chicken coop, which is uh, very posh of them because they were sick of walking around in muddy, soupy mess. Um, <laughs> so okay. there is that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be uh, getting back to uh, uploading chicken videos on, on my TikTok. That's at PodFarmerMags. So give me a follow on there. There we go. Uh, you can follow anything I'm involved in via the network that carries this show. That's at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then you can also find all the shows as well on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, all that stuff, all, all that great stuff you can find there at SJP World Media. Um, but most importantly, you can find and follow this show itself and get involved in a non-wrestling topic and vote in the poll and all that stuff uh, at chain underscore wrestling. That's on Facebook and Twitter there. Um, Thank you so, so much to everybody for joining us here on this kind of a weird one, an earlier start than normal, a different day than normal, but it's great to be back in the, in the, in this new year. And I hope that, you know, we continue to give you a couple of hours out of this shitty world and a little bit of entertainment, I guess, Maxie, because mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it. So I hope people enjoy listening. I'm off now to go and sign this letter Jericho sent me because he tried to touch my PP and I'm not allowed to tell anyone about it. Maxie, I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Barrow Wyndham has syphilis. (laughs) 